On this episode of Resi Week, Expo returns to Dallas, Lightapalooza 2022, and Bluetooth for access control. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 320, Possible and Probable. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Vadio, a leading manufacturer of professional PTZ cameras, Pro AV solutions, and UCC integration systems. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv, and this week I'm pleased to be joined by uh, two of my good friends. First, for the first time on the show, we have Daryl Friedman. He is the CEO of Cedia. How you doing, Daryl? I'm good. Great to be on finally as a guest instead of a listener. Well, thank you so much for coming, and, and thanks. And I apologize that you listened to my show. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the one and only Uncle Richie Fergosa. Uh, that's Rich Fergosa. He is the principal of Fergosa Design. How's California treating you today, my friend? Well, West Coast Gradients, man. Baseball's starting. It's spring. Got youth baseball, regular baseball. Baseball's back, baby. All good. And actually glad to see a new face of the organization. So I'm glad to be here. All right, gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. CD Expo is returning to Dallas in 2022. Registration for that show opens May 17th. Uh, there's going to be over 150,000 square feet of exhibit space. Uh, Daryl, we're, we're, we're going to start with you on this one. Um, this is a, a, a big deal. This is a good thing. Um, we, I, I feel like we knew CDO was coming back. Uh, Expo was coming back to Dallas. That was, was in the plans. But again, it's always nice to see official dates announced and get manufacturers and attendees on board. Uh, what is this show going to look like this year is it going to be a full back to normal i i saw in the article that um demo listening rooms are, are are supposed to be back again as long as uh manufacturers jump on board with that so what is the show going to look like how excited are you to to be going to dallas and what is success for the show going to be yeah well i think it's exciting from a <clears throat> from a few standpoints one is first of all i'm just going to be totally selfish here and just say this is my first cedia expo so i am incredibly excited as the new ceo of cedia to go to the trade show the fair's our name and just to, to meet so many folks uh who are going to be there and who i've been talking to and wanting to meet for the first uh you know few months i've been on the job <clears throat> i think it's also important just because it's going to be a return to normalcy i mean we've needed this so much and I've been starting to get out and see some smaller events. Um, and we saw KBiz was quite successful. And we just had our own tech summit in New York last week and we're doing that. And people are ready to get back. People are ready to get back into face-to-face -face connections, face-to-face -face interactions. And I think this, this one being such a large show and such a successful show is gonna be a great way to kind of re-usher in the, the whole trade show experience again that we've missed for so many years. And then, of course, the new technologies that will be un unveiled and the, the new connections that will be made. It's going to be a pretty exciting time in Dallas. Yeah, I love it. Uncle Richie, th this is one of those we're, we're, we're getting back into the swing of shows. They're, they're starting to take off. Enterprise Connect is going on uh, right now in Orlando. Uh, and NAB is coming up in a couple of weeks. 
there, there's been IS, IC West, I think, just went down. There, there's been a couple of shows that have really started to go. Um, we've got Infocom in, in uh, June in, in Vegas as well. Do you think that the, the majority of people are ready to, to go back to shows? And for those who are kind of on the fence, what is the, what is the show, what does the organization need to do to try and entice them back in? Well, I think that um, a large percentage of the attendees are are excited to get back and and be in face to face situations with vendors and and we've always talked about this even pre pandemic, right? You know, we 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 would hear the indicators of the death of the trade show and people aren't going to do it anymore. And you know, we had big stories when major vendors pulled out and they decided they weren't going to attend trade shows. And you know, we've kind of had some revisionist history on why they're in, <laughs> why they're out, why they're in, why you know. Um, I think what we're going to see is the evolution of the trade show that was accelerated by the pandemic. I think that there is going to be a group of attendees and vendors who are going to focus on the in-show experience, but not at the detriment of punishing attendees who don't make it in person. I think that the the resources and the materials available from from these upcoming shows is going to be, I, I hope, drastically different than what we've seen before, because we do know that at the turn of a dime, things could change. We're hoping they won't. But I think every vendor and I think the organizations themselves have said, what if? Mm-hmm. And there are now what if plans Yet we, you know, there's possible and probable. Um, you know, is it probable? Eh. Is it possible? Yes. And so how do we maintain moving forward and 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 keeping the attendees going and engaged and because these are investments for the vendors you know and these are investments for the trade show owners i mean this is you know this is this is part of their livelihood at the same time and so uh you know i think that what we saw like my wife was just at an education conference uh in long beach last week six thousand attendees not a huge show COVID test right at the beginning everybody was passed through simple organized did not disrupt from the trade show experience, um, and they were able to make it a an experience for everybody who's there. But at the same time, uh, my wife taught three courses, I think. She did a simultaneous uh, webinar along with it. Mm-hmm. And so there was the ability for her, um, for, for the, the market that she's in, to be able to provide the experience to both for the people who can make it, for the people who can't, and so I think that's what we're going to see. I, and I'm ex- I'm really excited about CDA providing that. Yeah, that's a good point, Daryl. Let me ask you just one quick question before we move on to our next story. Are we expecting, or are you expecting, this to be on par with a kind of pre-pandemic international contingent? I know you were just over with the the UK office of of CDA, the organization. Um, did you get a feeling from anyone over there as far as what that what what the the UK and and Europe are are thinking about uh, as far as coming to the show. Well, when I visited the UK uh, in February, it was actually my first time to kind of be out among people again. And boy, they it, it felt like pre-pandemic times. I mean, there was the pubs were full, masks were off. Actually, the week I was there, the Prime Minister uh, lifted all the COVID restrictions. Of course, the Queen got uh, COVID the day before, but. But actually, that proved that you know, if a ninety-something-year-old woman can get it and and be okay, it's probably not. It's probably behind <laughs> us. So I do think you know, between ISE, which of course is in May, uh, a lot of attendees going to that, and then we'll have um, a, a good contingency from international for 
CD Expo as well. I think this CD, most people are thinking that it's going to be the, the return of the trade show and probably in 2023 we'll be back to pre-pandemic levels. But I can tell you everywhere I go, people are just so anxious for that face-to-face mm -hmm. -face connection. And people are also a little bit over COVID. I mean, I'm just going to say it. They're, they're, you know, they feel like the worst is over. The, the strains are getting milder. People are vaccinated. They want to get out there and, mm -hmm. and, and see their friends and see their colleagues and have a great experience. And I know that CD Expo is going to provide that for them. Yeah, that's very true. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro and a good friend of the show, Mr. Jason Knott. Lightapalooza 2022 illuminates 200 plus integrators on the lighting business. Uh, this was held in Dallas. And as, as I said, around 200 uh, plus attendees were out there and they were able to meet with a bunch of lighting manufacturers and learn a little bit about the lighting industry. If you have listened to the show for more than a minute, um, you know, this is one of my little passion areas. So uh, Uncle Rich, I want to start with you on this one. This is a, I, I think this is a very good thing, but I do get a little soapboxy when it comes to lighting and the integration world. Um, what do integrators and, and industry specific manufacturers, and, and I use that term very um, purposefully, what do they need to do to really see success jumping into the lighting fixture market? Because it is vastly different than the lighting control market, even though they work together. What do they have to do? I think the first thing that you said was the most important part. You need to understand the difference between lighting control, which is what integrators are going to be comfortable with, right? It, it's a, a, you know, whether they're in AV control or anything else, lighting control is kind of a natural extension of something that you do. Lighting fixtures are things that you see, <laughs> and that is a departure potentially from the path that integrators are used to. Um, because, in, and I, I say this every time I sit down with integrators, is that you need to remember one important lesson. You are part of the construction industry. I don't care how much of a craftsman you think you are with your audio and your projection technology, you are still in a home if you're in the residential channel, which is what this show is about. Hmm. You are part of the construction industry. There are other industries that are older than ours <laughs> that are part of the process in a home you not only need to respect that but you need to also look to emulate that and part of it is in the same way that we get upset that the other trades don't understand what we do you can't suffer that that same achilles heel where mm -hmm. you just kind of trot over somebody else's experience and expertise and craftsmanship because you think you know it um and so that's where education comes from right there is absolutely opportunities for lighting shades the other affiliated trades in the industry but you got to be willing to do it respectfully and walk in um embracing uh you don't know what you don't know mm -hmm. and especially when it comes to fixtures right because you are dealing now with an aesthetic uh in 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 certain in, in certain elements in terms of the physical fixture itself but then the type of light that it puts out and mm -hmm. not all light is good light <laughs> You know, and that's a hard one to explain because you have to be willing to invest of yourself to really understand if you're going to go down that road. And I think that's, you know, just the highlights of what they tried to do at Lightapalooza, which was, hey, be okay with figuring out that you're going outside of your lane 
And instead of trying to, this is not a fake it till you make it process. Mm -hmm. This is a, if you feel that you are getting outside of your skill set, partner with an established company, partner with lighting engineers, lighting designers, right? Partner with the manufacturers. And that was where the lesson was, which is, yes, there is an opportunity for this to be a profit center for you, but it's also an opportunity for it to be a company killer if you're not careful. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I will say one of the biggest things that HTSA has done is they they partnered with um, ALA, the American Lighting Association, to create their HTSA-specific lighting university course thing, um, which is really, really helpful in understanding not only, obviously, the design of fixtures, but how, how fixtures work and how lighting fi- how lighting actually works. Daryl, this is, this is one of those recent kind of side industries that the channel has kind of latched onto and said, this is going to be a massive profit center and you're going to be out there doing 20,000 to, you know, $80,000 landscape lighting jobs, uh, which do happen. It's not the norm. Nice try. Um, but there's a lot of great opportunity there. How do we get into new verticals and obviously in this case specifically the the lighting fixture vertical without stepping on the toes of every electrician we've ever worked with every designer we've ever worked with well you're right this is a growing sector it's going to be one of the fastest growing and we have some data coming out actually next month maybe a future topic for resi week about some of the uh the data in terms of the size and scope of these new these new verticals like lighting um, Rich is absolutely right. Education is going to be key to this. Um, our integrators have opportunities. Light of Palooza, I just heard great things about that. CDA also offers a lighting education. We have some new courses coming out. And there'll actually be a lighting track at Expo this year, which I think is new. And that'll be important for this, for this sector. But it's so important for the, the integrator to understand this because the integrator can do things that the electrician cannot do. This is not about hanging a fixture and wiring it. This is about making something seamlessly and experience into somebody's home that's gonna change their lives. I, I happened to, just last week was in New York and I went to the Lutron Experience Center. So mm-hmm. I got to just see the latest technology and lighting. I mean, this really is, um, for a consumer, it can completely change the game. And so for an integrator, if they get the right education, they do the work, they become the experts, partner with those electricians, but do what you can do as an integrator that nobody else can do, which is to incorporate this seamlessly into the into the homeowner's lives and make it not just a lighting fixture, but an experience. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. All right, gentlemen, let's hit our last topic of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro, how Bluetooth technology connects access control and convenience. Uh, a shift in the access control landscape has opened up the possibility of smartphone-based credentialing via Bluetooth-enabled readers. Uh, This is a a huge trend that has been picking up uh, as far as using Bluetooth to, again, be your credential. Your phone is your credential uh, to get you in the door so you don't have to remember the little card that everyone loses and then blames on someone else and they left it in their car uh, or their coat or something else. I've never done that. I've never been shut out of a corporate venue because I lost uh, multiple cards. That definitely never happened to me. Uh, Daryl, does this show a, a, a major shift uh, a major growth in kind of that access control that security market that they've gotten away from traditional proximity readers and they've moved into bluetooth and moved into something that is really easy to use because it's always with you right you always have your phone 
Is this showing a, a, a massive growth in that market? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd call it a major shift as much as just a, a continuing ongoing evolution where we're trying to make these products more seamless and more easy to use and continually evolving them. And certainly this is something that is a great example because everybody has a cell phone in their pocket. They don't have to carry another item and they, they know how to use it. The Bluetooth is something that people are familiar with and, and they're already connected to. So I think it's a, just a continued evolution about how our integrators can make the technology seem invisible, seamless in their lives. I know, I mean, we've all been using this technology. I stayed in a hotel last week and I used my phone to unlock the door. So in the commercial space, it's, very comfortable and very widely adapted and nobody, I never felt like someone was going to walk into my hotel room, but now in the residential space to have this additional arsenal for the integrators, I think it's a great next step in the evolution of the technology. Yeah. I, I got my first look into that with our friend, um, Andre Lalonde, who, who works for one of those manufacturers that, that does those hotel systems. Richie, is this a further push to see, you know, alarm systems, access control systems, et cetera, become more DIY-ish? Or is this just another evolution of that access control market? It's always going to come down to consumer buy-in. Um, and and Daryl nailed it, which was what the example I was going to bring up. Once we saw it hit hospitality, um, there is going to be the opportunity for an end user to go, oh, Okay, it's the same technology I use in my hotel. Regardless about whether an integrator has talked to them about RFID and Touch ID and fingerprint and all of these other things that has been around for decades, mm -hmm. right? It, but it tended to be cost prohibitive. You know, again, you're looking at a bespoke solution potentially that has to be curated. Said it once, said it a million times, right? Mobile changed the game for us. Once we have a product line that can be easily accessed by an end user over the mobile um, environment, the acceptance accelerates very quickly. And so, you know, you have to deal with a couple of things, right? You've got the, the acceptance, price, reliability, but then the most important one when it matters like this, because this falls under life safety in, in terms of mm -hmm. when I view it, um, is, is security, right? Can anybody just go on YouTube and figure out and type in how to hack a Bluetooth lock, right? You know, I mean, you have to think about those things. So as an integrator, you also have to deal with the exposure level, right? Your liability level. These are all the things that constantly you have to make sure that you're educating yourself and you're educating the end user on, which is how safe is safe. You know, why have we dealt with networking and virtual private networks and making sure you've got firewalls and all of these things? Well, we saw it happen with smart cameras, right? Originally, the DIY version of the smart camera came through. And the next thing we knew, we started hearing news reports about the way that they were being exploited, which then generated an increased conversation on how to keep things secure if you're going to do it yourself. And if you don't want that fear, how to bring in a professional. I view that same conversation happening with, with this Bluetooth technology. I mean, we've all had those RFID cards and mm -hmm. boosted in and God knows I've left mine in my wallet and left it sitting on a conference table somewhere and locked myself between two doors at two in the morning. You know, God, you know, those there there's things, you know, I mean, again, smartwatches, right? The, there are options and, and things available. Hospitality is helping accelerate it. Um, I think we're going to see options for it over time, um, but it all comes down to providing secure, easy solutions. Always, I'm going to say, operate with a specialist who can help you with the pros and cons of all of these to allow you to make an educated decision. 
once you reach that DIY scale, um, you know, I mean, you are taking matters into your own hands. Like I tell people, if you feel that you can afford to be optimistic, that's your call. <laughs> uh, I'm here to help you ask the questions you don't know to ask. Is there a, like you brought up the security side of it and there's a huge benefit in using BLE from an encryption level that has never existed to my knowledge in any prox card out there. Prox cards, they look secure because they're a fancy little card that you can't just go to the local locksmith and get copied. But they're honestly, they're, they're pretty dumb. Even, even RFIDs are not overly complicated. They're pretty easy to clone. This is 128-bit AES encryption. Is, is, is this the security thing that we've been looking for when it comes to this type of access? I think we're going to have to, you know, ask the, the whole GAFA crowd, right? You know, what what's Google, Amazon, Facebook, those guys going to get into and Apple, right? You know, if they are able to push this out to 30 million devices, you're going to find those, you're, you're going to find those weaknesses, those cracks in mm -hmm. there very quickly. And again, you know, I think that it, it, it's going to happen, you know, and as the larger manufacturers who have the marketing muscle to be able to do it, show that it is, you know, more reliable, more secure encryption. Every day, you know, it becomes part of our common language. We People know what encryption means now. Ask people 10 years ago what encryption was. I'm like, I, I don't know, is it Crypt Keeper? I don't know what the heck is it, right? But, you know, these are the things now that we are learning um, and, and educating um, the end users with. And so, I, you know, again, I find it a good thing. There's convenience. That's, you know, again, this, this thing is in is in your pocket it's available if you can match convenience with reliability and security leverage it and this is what one of those instances where we just have to take the message that's being put out um and and just amplifying it as much as possible you know to try to poo poo it or to think you know it's going to be a fad i i remember being told 10 years ago for major manufacturers that the ipad thing was going to be a fad yeah. in for for residential control you know, I was told total fad total. T I was told 10 ways to Sunday how this was not actually I take it back. This is like 07 <laughs> where I was told that this this thing, this this whole iPad thing was never going to take off. I mean, we got to embrace it. Um, and it in part of what, you know, again, the CDA channel is about is about taking that technology and making it more accessible. And so, you know, learn up on it and use it because it's cool stuff. Very true. All right, gentlemen, let's leave it there. Uncle Richie, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Fergosa Design, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at rfergosa. Uh, you can type my name into the interwebs and most of the time good stuff pops up. Um, but first and foremost, uh, I'd love for you to find me here on avnation.tv and our suite of shows that fit all the verticals. And obviously I'd love if you'd, because uh, we talk about the control, the automation and control system industry with my partner, Steve Greenblatt on the state of control. You can find me in a, and my brother from another mother there. Um, but find me here if at all possible. And, and if you can help our sponsors out even better. I love when you do my pitch for me. Uh, Daryl, my friend, thank you, sir, for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Cedia, uh, get their membership going. Where can they do that? Well, follow me on Twitter at Daryl P. Friedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. But also, any I tell every member of Cedia, if you want to send me an email, it's CEO at Cedia.org. I read every one of them. I respond to every one of them. I love to hear from our members. So uh, you can always reach me that way as well.
Excellent. Thank you both for joining us. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.